What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. you guys let's listen up we won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak it has happened before i got a feeling things are about to turn around for us ladies and gentlemen welcome to the ethos lakers podcast for another solo episode i'm your host for this edition jc de Leon. That was not my voice you heard at the beginning of this episode. That was a clip from Major League Two, and that was the voice of the embattled Cleveland Indians manager, Lou Brown, who desperately and willingly led his team to a two-game winning streak, a thing that the Lakers have seen two times this season. They have yet to get that proverbial third victory that makes it a true winning streak, but that is no longer the case. The Los Angeles Lakers tonight defeated the San Antonio Spurs very handily, I might add. We'll go over the box score and we'll go over who shined in this maybe the best. I I mean, to call it an effort seems weird, but yeah, the best effort the Lakers have put forth in a game this season. They defended extremely well. Everybody played their role perfectly. Anthony Davis was a beast. Yeah, it was to the San Antonio Spurs, who are only obviously tanking for Victor Wembanyama next season. Coach P- C- Greg Popovich didn't even coach tonight. He was feeling ill, which, you know, if he was, obviously, get well soon, Coach Pop. But it was just a great all-around effort. And it's in this, this now three-game winning streak has been indicative of a few things. A few things are now evident. I should say. The Russell Westbrook problem seems to have been tempered. I'm not going to go so far out on a limb to say that it's been solved. He still, on occasion, makes very bad plays. And the thing about Russell Westbrook and when he makes bad plays, they more often than not result in very quick baskets. For the opponent. That happened a couple of times tonight. And you'll see it in those times in which he turns on the Jets and decides to go a million miles an hour. And I think he's slowly realizing he needs to 
curtail that back. But he's been absolutely brilliant. And he is someone who feeds off of his confidence so well. And he's not a stupid man. For as confident as he is, for as stubborn as he was with fans and the media when he was playing poorly last season and to start this season, he had to have known deep down how badly he was playing. And whether or not he truly accepted the move to the bench, that confidence spark seemed to fix all of his ills. His problems might have been in his head. And you can look at his numbers during this winning streak and kind of see that the problems might have been in his head because he's not exactly shooting the lights out. I know at one point he was shooting 34% from three for the season, but for this win, this three-game winning streak, he is three for 13 from three. And it hasn't really been an issue. But what he has done in this three-game winning streak, tonight he had a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, was plus 14 in the plus-minus. 10 assists, 10 points. I may have said rebounds. He had four rebounds. He had 10 assists, 10 points. Either way, a double-double. Only turned the ball over three times, yet he still played 22 minutes. Now, the minutes weren't very much because it was kind of a blah. The Lakers won 123-92, to 92, so they won by 31 points. This game even saw a chance to for Anthony Davis to get a little bit of a rest. He only played 28 minutes, but in those 28 minutes was an absolute beast, like I said. Plus 34 in the plus-minus. 30 points, 18 rebounds, 1 block, 3 steals, 2 assists. Shot 12 for 19, 6 for 6 from free throw. He's just been amazing. In the previous, in the other two games for this winning streak, starting with the win versus Brooklyn, he was plus 13 in that game, scored 37 points, also grabbed 18 rebounds, two assists, was no blocks, no steals, but just a dominant performance all around. That second game against Detroit, 38 points. 16 rebounds, four blocks in that game with a steal, shot 21 free throws, made 18 of them. Went to the line seven times against Brooklyn. Tonight against San Antonio, like I said, six for six from free throw, 12 for 19 from the field, three steals, a block, 18 rebounds again, but only played 28 minutes, which is fantastic. And a funny thing happened versus Detroit with one of the Lakers role players. And it was pointed out by Ethan on Twitter. Ethan, incidentally. So we've only had one episode in the last week or so. And we do apologize for that. We are in a position to where we can bring you episodes more consistently. We're trying to kind of give ourselves a little break so that we can be more consistent. And that we're not always relying on both being on an episode and doing more solos and things like that. Ethan was fully prepared to have a couple of episodes this week, recorded them, full recorded episodes, just files were corrupted, couldn't send me an episode. Um, It happens. It's the nature of the business. Episodes get lost from time to time. You have to redo and say the same stuff all over again. Before I hit record, I had a bunch of things that I was planning on saying and a bunch of, you know, paths I was willing to go down and I've forgotten 90% of what it was that I was about to say tonight. But on Twitter, 
Ethan did point out that for whatever reason, it was one of the first times this season that we've seen Wenny and Gabriel play a lot of minutes with Anthony Davis. Now, if Anthony Davis is going to insist that he's not a center, or if he's going to insist that he plays more power forward minutes, then yeah, you've got to put a true big next to him. And Damian Jones isn't working, clearly. We'll talk about Thomas Bryant in a little bit. LeBron, not a true big, even though he's been playing the four this season. But Wenyan and Gabriel had a great preseason. For whatever reason, wasn't in the rotation in the first few games of the season. And all of a sudden, he's gotten more minutes. And incidentally, you're also starting to see the rotation shift a little bit. Darvin Ham is beginning to realize what works and what doesn't. And you're seeing that in the end product. Clearly, whatever it was that Darvin Ham and his staff concocted in the beginning of the season, not working. They are, as a team, shooting less threes. They're shooting smarter threes. The percentage is catching up to to the mean. You know, they're they're progressing back to the mean. They weren't going to be a 20% shooting team the entire season. At some point, they were bound to hit close to league average. And that's what they've been doing. But one of the mysteries to me, and considering how great he played last season, yeah, Wenyan Gabriel couldn't see the floor the first few games of the season. And all of a sudden, he comes in, and yeah, in his first game back on October 26th against Denver, he only played two minutes in that game, so he didn't do anything. But then, he's had almost immediate impacts as soon as he's come on. His first game with real minutes was against Minnesota on October 28th, and he had eight points, six rebounds. And he's steadily been increasing since then. He was plus 10 in that game. Well, in fast-forwording to this game against Detroit, Wendy and Gabriel, seven rebounds, no blocks, no steals, but 15 points. Shot five for five from the field, and he was aggressive, and he went to the line five times, made all five of his street throws. Perfect shooting night for Wendy and Gabriel. Playing alongside Anthony Davis extremely well. That pairing was working. And similar to guys like Montrez Harrell from a few years ago, you don't have to run plays for Wendy and Gabriel because he'll figure out a way to get his through effort. And he was plus three in that game against Detroit in the 17 minutes he played, which he should have played more. And now there's a group of Lakers who are in heavy rotation that I feel like if if you were to give them a nickname, that was a little bit of a pejorative of a nickname, you might call them the Expendables. You never know exactly what it is you're going to get out of them on a nightly basis. You can't exactly rely on them for points. Hopefully they can make an open bucket or two. But that's about all you can hope for. But these guys play heavy, heavy minutes. I'm talking about Troy Brown, Patrick Beverly, and Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, who you've heard Ethan say, should not be getting rotate, should not be getting minutes at all. I do think, and I've seen a glimmer of hope in Kendrick Nunn in the last couple of games, and that glimmer of hope has actually been in the form of Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder has come back from injury, and I'm going to talk about his impact here in a little bit, but 
to to speak specifically to Kendrick Nunn and Dennis Schroeder's presence, Kendrick is now in a position where he doesn't have to play a point guard. He can. He's capable of it. He's done it before. He's done it in Miami. He's done it for the Lakers. But he shouldn't anymore. The Lakers now have three healthy point guards. Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder. Those are the three who should initiate the offense. Those are the three who should be doing the bulk of the ball handling. All three of them should never be in the game at the same time. And they have been in a few situations. And it's been maddening because it it does not work. But that's neither here nor there. So Kendrick Nunn tonight, 21 minutes, shot four for eight, scored 13 points, got a couple of assists. Got a couple of rebounds. It's plus 12. Had a couple of really good passes to some of the big men, you know, tonight. In when he's playing off ball, but then, you know, making the pass before the pass. Kendrick Nunn also had a really good game the last game against Detroit. Played 16 minutes in that victory. Scored 10 points. Shot 4 for 4 from the field. And, I mean, yeah, he was hitting his buckets, and that's about all you can hope for with Kendrick Nunn. Before that, he's had terrible games. He had two games in which he had zero points, in which he played double-digit minutes in both of those games. And the game before that, a 23-point loss against Utah, Kendrick Nunn played almost 30 minutes. He scored 18 points, but surely those were 18 inconsequential points. He had a stint where he went, went down to the G League team for a practice and Hopefully something like that wakes up something in a player. And Kendrick Nunn has played a a little bit better in the last couple of games. Enough so so to where whatever minutes he's going to have in the rotation, I think he should have. He should not be the point guard. He should not be in a lineup in which there are no other guards. If he's the only guard in a big lineup, let's let's say he's out there with... Thomas Bryant, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker. There's nothing for Kendrick Nunn to do. He's That's just a bad pairing. But you put him out there with Dennis Schroeder. You put him out there with, to some extent, Russell Westbrook. He finds a place. He finds something positive to do. And that's about all you can ask at this point. But the original point about the Expendables, Troy Brown, Patrick Beverly, they do almost nothing. I forget they're even on this team sometimes, and it's really hard to forget that Patrick Beverly is on a team. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Patrick Beverly's made a couple of threes the last couple of games, but for the most part, he's just he's, he's a zero on offense. And yeah, he has some defensive capability, but when it comes down to it, I mean, I'd rather a much better offensive player who's maybe not quite as good at defense be the point guard. And you have one. 
you have Dennis Schroeder back from injury. Speaking of Dennis Schroeder, so he's only been back for two of the two of the games of the winning streak. This game and the game before. The game against Detroit, first game back from injury, nervous about the history and everything that happened with the Lakers. Wasn't a great game. Nor, you know, not really surprising. He had two points, took five buckets. He only made one. Didn't make a three, didn't make any free any free throws, had two assists. Getting his feel back for the game. Tonight, Dennis Schroeder, 13 points, 4 for 7 from the field, 2 assists, got a steal, plus 8 and the plus minus. There's your starting point guard, folks. If, and I understand now that Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench, and he's the point guard coming off the bench, and what are you now going to do with Patrick Beverly? I mean, he's the odd man out. Unfortunately, I know he's the big trade acquisition of the summer, but I mean, think about his age and think about the type of role that he plays. Look at PJ Tucker's stat lines from Philadelphia. PJ Tucker is at that age where his minutes can be severely limited. You don't need him to play as many minutes as he's playing. If you want a defensive impact during clutch moments of the game, put him out there with four shooters or put him out there with Anthony Davis and three shooters. But I, I don't think that he's being used to the most intelligent capability he brings to the table. You got Dennis Schroeder starting and then you got Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. He's doing a great job. Imagine if Patrick Beverly was just a better offensive player, which Dennis Schroeder is. And Dennis Schroeder's not as good a defensive player, but he almost is. Plus, there's the proven history of Dennis Schroeder playing pretty well with the Lakers. He's your starter. And I do want to shout out Lonnie Brown real quick before I get to the true star of this three-game winning streak, aside from Anthony Davis, because that's going to be obvious. He's obviously your your main star for the three-game winning streak, but Lonnie Walker, they're playing brilliantly. Tonight... 14 points, shot 2 for 6 from 3, 6 for 12 from the field, got a couple of assists, plus 23 and plus minus, which there are a lot of times that's going to be kind of a misleading statistic, and it was tonight because it was such a blowout. But since coming back from injury, or not injury, I think he was sick, since coming back from illness, I'm gonna, and I'm going to throw in the game before this three-game winning streak just because he played so well. So since coming back from his illness against Sacramento, a game in which the Lakers lost by six, and a game in which the Lakers easily could have won, should have won. Lonnie Walker had 19 points in that game, two for four from three. I maintain that Lonnie Walker, when he catches in rhythm, is an excellent catch-and-shoot three-pointer, three-point shooter. He He shouldn't shoot off the dribble, and he shouldn't shoot when the pass isn't right in his pocket. But catch and shoot in rhythm, he's excellent. Excellent. Second game, first game of the winning streak against Brooklyn. 25 points, 4 for 5 from 3. Lakers win by 13. He shoots 9 for 15. Against Detroit, Lakers win by 7. Lonnie Walker plays 34 minutes, goes 1 for 4 from 3, which is not ideal. But he gets 3 assists. 
gets a rebound, scores 17 points. Tonight against San Antonio, minutes are limited because of the blowout. But he plays 28 minutes, shoots 6 for 12, 2 for 6 from 3. I think it went already over, we already went over his box score. Lonnie Walker's been amazing. And, yeah, Ethan and I joked about how he shouldn't be your third best player or if he's your third best player that's not ideal or even good. And it may not be because for as well as the Lakers are playing lately, they're still going to be a bubble, bubble team. Which... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not fine, but it's better than what it was the last couple of weeks. But who was the star of this three-game winning streak? Who was the absolute star? It's Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has definitely found himself a spot in this rotation, a hopefully a spot in the starting lineup. Because since he's been starting... He's essentially been starting for LeBron James. Think about that for a second. (laughs) Just think about what exactly it is that Austin Reeves has been asked to do in his second year undrafted out of Oklahoma. But in his last three games, we'll go over the box scores. And the thing about how great he's been all the season, and you've heard me say it time and time again, is that he does things that don't show up in the box score. What happens when he does do things that show up in the box score. What do those box scores look like when he's still making really smart plays, when he's playing extremely well next to Russell Westbrook, when he's playing really great defense, when he's making huge effort rebounds? What does that look like in the box score? Well, tonight it looks like plus 19 and the plus minus. It looks like shooting 7 for 11, including 3 for 4 from 3, and 4 for 4 from free throw. That adds up to 21 points, friends. He grabbed 2 rebounds, and he got 3 assists. 2 rebounds, 3 assists, not impressive. Not in the box score. But that shooting sure is. And hell, with him, I'll go back to the Sacramento game too, because this could easily be a 4-game winning streak and not just a 3-game winning streak, but against... Sacramento was kind of where this resurgence seems to have begun. Against Sacramento, a six-point loss, he plays 33 minutes. Shoots seven for 12, five for five from free throw. Misses both of his three-point attempts, which is not ideal. But he gets five rebounds, gets an assist, gets a steal, scores 19 points. First game of the winning streak against Brooklyn. Plays 32 minutes. Shoots 5 for 8. 3 for 4 from 3. 3 rebounds. 15 points. 7 point win against Detroit. Shoots 5 for 8 again. 2 for 4 from 3. 4 rebounds. 6 assists. Just a brilliant game from Austin Reeves. And I've talked about his passing before. 16 points in that game. Plus 20 against Brooklyn, plus 14 against Detroit. He is a ray of positivity, not just in the metaphorical sense of being a positive and happy player. He just makes positive plays. I talked earlier about how whenever Russell Westbrook lately kind of reverts back to that bad Russell Westbrook, it 
and that's a negative play. It almost immediately results in a basket for the other team. Well, when Austin Reeves does make a bad play, or maybe he makes an, a non-ideal pass, it almost never results in an immediate basket for the other team. He just makes smart plays, and he puts his teammates in positions to where they can succeed. And a player that can do that is immensely valuable. And one that you shouldn't get rid of, Rob Palenka. You don't want Alex Caruso 2.0 on your hands. You don't want to let this gem go. Austin Reeves has been absolutely amazing the last few games. The final player I'll talk about is Thomas Bryant. He's coming back from the same injury that Dennis Schroeder is coming back from. And the reason why I'm talking about him last is because it's hard to really measure his impact because it it's not quite as apparent as Dennis Schroeder's was in this game. Although, he's come back and played pretty well. He certainly played immensely better than Damian James. So Thomas Bryant, in his first game back against Detroit, 13 minutes, shoots four for six, misses his only free throw. He's a bad free throw shooter, so don't ever really expect that out of him. But he grabs five rebounds, scores eight points. Seems to run the pick and roll pretty well. He can run it with Dennis Schroeder. He can run it with Kendrick Nunn. Can't exactly run it with Russell Westbrook yet. I don't know if that's on the way. But he's more athletic than he looks. Not quite as athletic as Damian James, though. which is And why he's not working is kind of a mystery. But that's neither here nor there as well. And tonight against San Antonio, Thomas Bryant played more minutes. 23 minutes, grabbed 9 rebounds, scored 15 points. It was absolutely brilliant tonight. And so, yeah, it's a little rough for me to say that his impact is kind of getting an incomplete grade right now while Dennis Schroeder is shining. But Dennis Schroeder playing well is kind of more of a need than Thomas Bryant playing well. Although, Thomas Bryant playing well does mean that perhaps Anthony Davis can play more minutes at the four. If he plays more minutes at the four, LeBron can play more minutes at the three. And then at the two, you've got Austin Reeves or you've got Lonnie Brown. And then at the one, you've got Dennis Schroeder or you've got Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. And that's kind of your rotation. I think some of the lessons learned from the early parts of the season As fantastic as it was for Matt Ryan to have his moment in which he brought the Lakers team back and shot them into an overtime game in which they won, he's not ready for as many minutes as he was playing. And I think he knows that, and he's kind of fallen out of the rotation, which is is fine. You're not seeing as many minutes from Max Christie, which is also fine. You're basically not seeing minutes from guys that you shouldn't necessarily be seeing. And what's also important is that while LeBron is nursing this groin injury that he says isn't as bad as it was in in 2018, yeah, it's good that they're playing well. It's good that they're playing together. They're figuring things out. Everything is trending upwards as it should be. And that's really all you can hope for after that terrible start. But again, it should all be looked at with a little bit of a grain of salt because... 
the start of the season was really bad. And it was a pretty low bar to climb over to play remarkably better. And that's kind of what they're doing now. So they're definitely playing better. Because you can't play much worse than you did to start the season. So I'm still cautiously optimistic. I know Ethan is still really hard on this team. And I think fans should still be hard on this team. It's it's not going to be a great season, folks. But you want to see improvement. You want to see effort. You want to compete. And that's what they've done in the last couple of games. That's going to do it for this episode, a solo episode of the Ethos Lakers podcast. I'm your host for this edition. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at jcdeleon1. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroth. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter as well at Ethos Lakers. Follow all of the Ethos Lakers products. Sign up for the Wager Pass. If you follow Dan Bespris on Twitter, the Wager Pass, he talks nonstop about the Wager Pass being really successful and making people a lot of money. And those guys are making some crazy accurate picks all the time. Sign up for the Wager Pass. It's definitely worth it. But until next time.